Good morning, everyone. Good well, morning. Priscilla is back, everyone. It's a good day in church. Well, we are going to be continuing the class that we had last time. Um, last week, we started speaking on forgiving others, and we were pretty near the end of the class when Pastor Brian stood up and was like, you know what, this is going to be a two-weeker. And when he did, I'm like, well, there's not much more of this particular lesson left, but okay, Pastor Brian, that's cool. And he, at the end, he stood up and he wanted us to really meditate on that word. Now, I'm not going to do a show of hands, but I'm fairly confident that when I ask the question, I already know the answer. How many people had a really fun week where taking offense was a lot easier than it normally is? Because I know for me anyway, that is how this week went. It was My flesh had so many opportunities to just get mad and take offense and get upset. And my coworkers bugged me more. And like, it was just, it was almost, it it was ridiculous is what it was. And then I realized it on Monday, kind of forgot about Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday morning in particular, Becca had texted me. And as she texted me, it was like my eyes were like, holy cow, this is Satan just completely trying to steal the word that was preached on Sunday morning at the 10 o'clock class. Like, out of nowhere, everyone that I know of this week in this church that I've talked to, there's been opportunities to get upset, there have been offenses taken, there have been clashes, and it's not because anyone was necessarily right or wrong, but Satan comes in to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life, to give it in abundance. And on Sunday, as we were teaching, he spoke that life-giving seed. He planted that, and Satan tried so stinking hard this week to uproot it. And we're not going to let him. So regardless of the week that you had, regardless if you got mad or perturbed or yelled or screamed or cussed or whatever, this is opportunity number two for this seed to get planted and to harvest up fruit in us. So... This week, what we're going to do is I'm going to open up the service and we're going to pray over it because today our hearts are going to be fertile soil for what this message is. And we're going to pray and seal this word. And so when we leave today, Satan may try to throw irritating people at you. He may try to like put all of the stuff on you to make you get upset. But we're not going to let him because we are going to be unified in standing in faith and believing, no, this is not going to be taken from me. This is God. This is putting me to a new level. This is promotion in the kingdom, and it's going to stay. So, Father, we thank you. We love you, and we are excited to receive your word today. Father, we esteem you and we love you, and today our hearts are like fertile soil, and we receive the word that you have spoken and that you have given. We receive the promises that are tied to this word, and right now we bind anything and anyone that may come to try and steal that seed. We loose your angels to protect us, to guard our minds and guard our hearts, and we will choose forgiveness and unity. As we proceed forth, we love you, we thank you, and we just praise you in your name. Amen. So we're going to recap. And last week, obviously, the topic was forgiving others. And I'm going to, I'm going to read through, I may be a little bit quicker um, on certain parts, but there, there is a very powerful chunk at the end that we didn't get to. So it starts off by saying Matthew 18, 21, and 22 
says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. I think Peter thought he was being very generous to ask how many times he should forgive someone who sinned against him. Seven times in a day? And Jesus said, Peter, not seven, but 70 times seven. That's 490 times. But what Jesus was saying, he was trying to give an impossible number to show that it's not a matter of how many numeric times we can forgive, but that you're supposed to continue to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. Because what he was asking, Peter was saying, so if Becca sins against me seven times on the eighth time, do I get smack her in the face? And he was saying, no, Becca can sin against you 490 times and you're still going to forgive her. Well, Think of it as it's not a matter of how many offenses come at you in one day. He was saying, how, how many offenses can one person give me? I don't know as though Becca is that talented to offend me 490 times in one day. And even if, four, even if Becca can do 490 times and then Chris Bivens does 490 times, I'm still supposed to forgive both of them and carry on my merry way, and that's math I can't really do. But you're supposed to keep forgiving. You're supposed to keep sowing that love and that forgiveness in. Jesus said in Luke 23, 24, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Stephen the martyr in Acts 7, 60 said, Lay not this sin to their charge. Not all people will receive forgiveness, but the attitude in the heart of a Christian should always be to offer it. And last week, Pastor Brian came up to me after the service, and he told me that I, he wanted me to reread through these notes and to really meditate on them because Jesus was going to, or the Holy Spirit was going to give me new revelation on it. And at this part, this week, and we're going we're gonna to dive into this part a little bit later too in a deeper way, but it says the attitude of the Christian should always be to offer forgiveness. We normally attribute that to others. Becca offends me, I'm to offer forgiveness to her. We need to receive that forgiveness for ourselves. We need to let ourselves do that. Because here's the thing. I can forgive Addie all day long. I can do that. I can sow that into her. But if I've messed up and I'm beating myself up about it, I am blocking that forgiveness God is giving me. And if I don't receive that forgiveness, I can't really forgive someone else. Because if I am holding on to that bondage, that guilt, that weight of I messed up, three years ago and someone is super offended, I am letting myself stay in condemnation. I am letting myself stay with all this weight on me. And I am being prideful because I am saying, you know what, God, even though you say you forgive me, I'm not receiving it because I'm not worth it. And that is Satan. And that is the enemy stealing, killing, destroying, and removing God's grace from us. And this week, I realized that there's parts of me that have wanted to do that, ha that have clung on to unforgiveness in myself. There were things that I thought I had dealt with and was done with, and then there was a, I had a, a really big spiritual attack this week, and at the end of it, I'm like, I'm still mad at myself for doing this. And it was deeply rooted in me so much that it was this huge fight that was happening in my head, and I couldn't figure it out. And it's because I let that unforgiveness root inside of me and I was not willing to receive the forgiveness God had already given me. God wasn't mad at me for it. God had forgotten it because I'd asked him to. But I wasn't willing to do the same for myself. 
And if I'm not willing to forgive myself, I can't receive what God has for me in the full. It's like we talked about last week. You may be covered entirely, but if you leave a part of yourself open, Satan can get in there. I left a part of myself open because I was not willing to receive the forgiveness that God had given me. And the next morning I reached out, I talked to George, I talked to Pastor Ryan, I talked to Pastor Nicole, and immediately from all three, it's you need to deal with this. And you need to deal with this quickly before Satan can move. And I'm sure that there's probably things that I still don't know that I still need to give over. But I know that that part, that part is coming to a close if it isn't already. That part's done because I'm done letting myself stay in a continual state of beating myself up because we need to offer up forgiveness for ourselves because Jesus has already given it freely, wholly, completely. He's not up there tacking on things that we've done wrong and just waiting for us to eventually cry so much that he's like, well, now this is your 80th time crying. I know you feel really bad. You've hit the ground and kicked a lot. Okay, now you're done. It's not a penance sort of situation. It's God forgives. We receive it. We move on. There's a verse in... If you can think of a reference, that would be great. But it says that the man that looks back isn't fitting for the kingdom of heaven. I would continue to look back on my past errors, and I wouldn't be staring straight ahead. I wouldn't be plowing through. I would be walking and then looking, and all of a sudden I wasn't walking in that straight line anymore. I was over here not knowing how I got over here. Because if I had just received that forgiveness, I would have been able to just go ahead and be like, you know what, I may have missed it back there, but I'm going to turn around at some point, and I'm going to get that part that I missed. But right now I need to keep focusing on where God's telling me to go and stop veering to the left or to the right. And what we need to do is we need to always be willing to receive that forgiveness for ourselves. Otherwise, Satan has us under his thumb, and he's going to keep pelting that with us and be like, Becky, and Becca's just here. She's in my line of vision. I love you. But it's like, he'll be like, Becca, you remember when you missed that? You missed it. You missed it, and this is what happened, and this person, this person may be upset. This may be happening. You may have caused damage somewhere. You may have done this wrong. You may have whatever, and if she lets him do that, she's going to feel about this big. She's yeah. going to feel nothing. She's going to feel worthless. When Jesus is up there being like, take your hand off of my child, I've already forgiven her. But it's up to Becca to fight against that, because God's given her the power to do it. God's given us the power to do it. He's given us the power and the mindset and the ability to receive forgiveness, to allow that to come in. And it's up to us, not up to God, because he's already chosen forgiveness. It's up to us to receive that. So we need to make sure that the attitude in our hearts is always in a continual state of, I forgive, I let you forgive me. I let you forgive me. I'm sorry. I will choose not to think on this anymore. Remove this from my mind. And you know what? He will. If you ask God to help you forgive yourself, to cast something out of your mind, he'll do it. Because God already cast it from his mind. As far as the east is from the west. And if he can do it, he can take it from yours too. Jesus then uh, tells a parable about forgiveness. And he continues in verse 23 of that same chapter in Matthew 18. And if you'll throw that up there, please, sir. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. 
But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, and all that he had in repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, basically kicking and screaming, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him of that debt. But the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. The slave did the same thing that the other slave did. Same exact thing. Same sort of situation, except the first slave owed so much more. And he was forgiven instantly because the king felt compassion. His master felt compassion. This second slave comes. He owes him maybe 20 bucks. And he's like, please have patience with me. I'll repay you. Please have patience with me. And then in verse 30, the slave was unwilling. And he went and he threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all of that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. And that's all that we are at for that particular section. And again, this week, I want to make sure that we're clear. If you'll throw that last verse back up, J.D., not the 11, but the last one in uh, chapter 18. It says in there that his master was moved with anger and released him to the torturers. So, obviously, this is a parable. And so the master in this situation, a lot of people will compare to God. And I want to make sure that we see that it's not that when we're thinking of God in this context, it's not God saying, you messed up, you missed it, you're done. You're gone from me. I'm mad at you. Leave. It, we have the opportunity to forgive. We have the opportunity. And God, God is serious with forgiveness. He's serious about it because it's something that we need. It's not something that God needs. It's something that we need to receive his love and promises. And so he's upset at us when we don't do it because that cuts us off from him. And it's not him saying, okay, Becca, you me- I, you're just here. I swear I love you. It's, it's not Becca messed up. Here, Satan, do your worst. It's Becca, Becca, when you're doing this, you're opening yourself up and you're allowing this to happen. I've already stopped it. You have the authority to do so. See that this is how you can stop it. And so we're going to go into a section where we stopped uh, last week. And this is also part of where the forgiving yourself comes in. But in, in this lesson, there's a story. And what's the name of the gentleman who wrote this, Pastor Brian? Don Crow wrote this. So this particular week isn't Andrew Womack speaking. It's Don Crow. And he says, I pastored a church a while back. And there was a young woman in the congregation who was able to see things in the future. She came to me one day and said, Is it the Holy Spirit telling me things to come and showing me things in the future? 
I know when people are going to die and when someone is going to have a car wreck and things like that. And I said, you won't like my answer, but I don't believe that that's the Holy Spirit. I think it's a spirit of divination, the same spirit that followed the Apostle Paul around in Acts 16. He finally rebuked it and commanded it to come out of that girl, and she lost her ability to tell fortunes. Now, I'm going to pause right here just because this can be something that I, I, don't, I don't want to lose the momentum of this message. And so just for clarification, absolutely there's the ability to tell prophecies. That's a spiritual gift that we have studied. There's the, the ability to have a word of knowledge from the Lord, a word of wisdom. This is not what this girl had. This girl had, as he said, he believed a spirit of divination, which is the ability to see the future. And this particular story he's talking about is, is Paul... Um, was walking through the city and this girl was following him, basically saying, like teasing him and like following him around. I think, was it for a full day that she was following him for? It was for, a, it was for a while and they were doing ministry work. So it's like if Abby is doing the work of the Lord, I'm like, here's Abby. Abby is a child of Jesus. There's a child of Jesus. Like for 24 hours, it's going to get pretty annoying. And so he's like, shush it, get out of here. Like, and rebuked the spirit and she left. Well, not she left, but the spirit left. And so that's the same spirit that this girl has, Mr. Don believes. And so he went on to tell her that, um, that he wasn't God and said, I want you to go to Jesus and ask him, Lord, what is telling me things and giving me information even before I was saved. So this basically what kind of nailed it for him is that before this girl even came to know the Lord, she could still see stuff like this. She could still see when things were going to happen and not good things. As you, as I read, it was bad things when people are dying, when car wrecks were happening, when these destructive things were taking place. But he was very humble and said, take this to God. Whatever God says, I'll back you. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you on it. And so she came back to me one day and said, I talked to the Lord about it. I think it's all right. And I said, whatever the Lord says is all right. I'm not the great shepherd. This was in early 1986. And in early 1986, we had a space shuttle called the Challenger. And eight people went up in it. One of them was a woman school teacher. As this young lady was watching television, she saw the woman saying, tomorrow I'm going up in the Challenger and was talking about it. The spirit spoke to that woman, the girl who had come up to, to Brother Dawn, and said, she's going to die. She's going to die. The next day when the Challenger was launched, it blew up as the whole world watched and all of the crew died. The young lady came back to me and said, Brother Don, I, I think what's talking to me and giving me information may not be the Holy Spirit. Will you pray for me? Following the service that night, after everyone left, I took her by the hand and said, you unclean spirit of divination come out of her. Nothing happened. Jesus' disciples tried to cast an unclean spirit out of a young man once and couldn't do it. Jesus said, bring the young man to me. So I said, Lord, thought I knew what was going on here, so I'm bringing this lady to you. Show us what's going on. My wife was praying with us, and God gave her a word of knowledge. She said, it has something to do with her mother. So they were praying to figure out what the block was, because there are certain spiritual issues that it may take more than just to cast this out and initial rebukement. Sometimes there are deeply seated and deeply planted spiritual issues that you have to take again to God and figure out what the root is. Because I may be freaking out. I may be super mad and screaming all the time and whatever. And Pastor Brian may think that I have an anger issue. But as he prays for me, he's like, oh, 
there's a root in there that's different that's causing this to happen. And so that's what they were doing. So his wife was praying with them, and God gave her a word of knowledge. And she said, it has something to do with her mother. I said to the woman, will you forgive your mother? Now this is spirit of knowledge, spirit of wisdom, all working together to be able to figure out this rooted issue that's in her. And so as soon as Brother Don said, will you forgive your mother? A voice screamed out of her, no, she gave me away. Now, when you're praying, if you've been in ministry, if you've been in that situation, something like that, that's a spirit. That's not that woman talking. It's not like that woman was saying, no, I won't forgive her. It was that spirit that was rooted in her, that had a deep planted seed in her that was saying no. And so Brother Don said, then I bind you, you unclean spirit, and asked the woman again if she would forgive her mother. She then forgave and released her mother and let her go by the grace and help of God. She was able to let go by making the decision to forgive, and that's when she received her deliverance and freedom from the spirit of divination that was inside her. Just like Jesus said in the parable in Matthew 18, I'm saying that if we do not forgive from our hearts after we've been forgiven such a great debt by our Heavenly Father, we will be delivered into the hands of the tormentors. Not by God's doing, but by our own doing. And again, don't let that place condemnation on you because if you've let yourself, like I have in the past, be handed in to the hands of the torturers, I can change that in one second, in one moment. So if you've let yourself get there, you can get yourself out of it right now. So it's not a state you have to stay in. Do not receive condemnation. In fact, right now, I bind up any sort of spirit of condemnation, of fear, of anger against self, and I cast that as far away from this building as possible. We receive your peace, forgiveness, and grace today in the name of Jesus. I'm saying that if we do not forgive from our hearts after we've been forgiven such a great debt by our Heavenly Father, we will be delivered into the hands of the tormentors. What are the tormentors? They can be all kinds of things because people will typically hear that. I know for me anyway. And I may just have great imagination. But I know for me anyway, when I would hear tormentors, I used to think of like grim reapery sort of things that would come along and poke and prod and make you bleed and kick and scream and break things. But it, it's not always stuff like that. It can be. Demons are real but that's not what this message is, and we're going to focus on what we're talking about. But tormentors can be things like demonic strongholds, oppressions, sicknesses, diseases, and many other things. The root is unforgiveness. Not forgiving after we've been forgiven allows Satan a foothold in our lives. The Bible says we have to make the decision to forgive. And here here's what it boils down to is that we I asked this morning if this week had provided lots of opportunities for you to get offended if this week you would super did um because it did for me and here's the thing if we've allowed ourselves to walk into that without asking for forgiveness because I'll just be straight this week I had lots and lots of times where I would get really upset with people but if but I made sure that at some point, even if it wasn't right then and it took me a little bit longer to get through it, at some point I would go back to God and say, you know what, I missed this. I want to make this better. Please forgive me for what I did and please help me forgive myself for what I did. 
if you don't follow it up like that, if you don't, and I haven't always done that, super not perfect even a little bit, walking toward it, but if you haven't done that, do that. Because if you're not offering forgiveness to others, but also to yourself, then you are opening yourself up for all of that. We hear things about, we had a huge class on healing right before this, and we talked about how healing often is, isn't just physical symptoms, it's mental symptoms. This is saying that that can start in not forgiving someone. I talked about last week how I had had all of these strongholds in my life, all these spiritual oppressions that came upon me because I wasn't willing to forgive someone. It's not a coincidence that the moment I, f- I forgave someone, all of a sudden the headaches that I was having were gone this week, that all of a sudden the sickness I kept feeling in my stomach that I didn't want to talk about because in my head I'm like, I know healing, I receive healing, I receive healing, I receive healing. Why do I still feel bad? I receive healing, I receive healing. I'm not wavering on this, but why do I still feel bad? That the second I chose to forgive, it was gone. Because that's a stronghold. That's an oppression that Satan wants to put on you. Because you give him an inch, he's going to take as much as he can. And so if we choose to not forgive ourselves and others, then that little inch of, you know what, I'm not worth you forgiving God. I'm not worth it this time. This was too big of a thing. Then all of a sudden, you're not worth his healing in your mind. You're opening that up. And so he can get in there with sickness. And so you can receive sickness. Because, you know what? You weren't worth forgiving yourself for. You're not really worth being healthy all the time. And that's a lie that Satan will try to plant in there. And all of a sudden, all these different oppressive things come. Because, again, just being completely transparent. It's what I tell the youth I'll do. I'll do it the same here with you guys. You're no different. You're people. I, if I, if I can say that I'm not worth something then all of a sudden I'm going to go into an oppressive state. I know that because I've had that happen. Because all of a sudden I'm like, I love Jesus. I love God. I'm going to serve you. And then you miss it. And if you don't let that forgiveness come, it's, no, I, God, I super failed you. I, I got mad. I yelled at someone. It was a huge thing. I blew it out of proportion. I missed it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And while God's in the background saying, it's okay, I forgive you. Get up. Let's, let's keep going. We, we have things to do. I forgive you. It's not a huge deal. I'm God. I'm bigger than this. Let's go. And he's saying that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I work myself up into a frenzy. And all of a sudden, I'm sick. Then all of a sudden, oppression's going to happen. Because I'm like, oh, I love God. But I, I clearly, I don't. Because I'm sick. And I don't forgive people. And I yell at people. And I, I stink. I'm the worst Christian that's ever gone. And God's like, will you stop it? I love you. It's fine. Then all of a sudden demonic strongholds are going to come because it's, no, I'm not worth your forgiveness. I'm not worth anything. And then all of a sudden Satan's in there. Satan's completely in there. He's in your life. He's in your relationships with people. Because let's say that George does something that bothers me and then I do something back that upsets him. And I receive the forgive. Like if he asked me to forgive him, I'm like, yeah, I forgive you. But I'm like, I missed it with George. I missed it with George. I missed it with George. Well, that stems from saying I missed it with God. That stems from, I'm not letting myself be forgiven, so I'm not going to let you forgive me. It trickles into everything. It's not just a matter of Satan sending demons to your house and all of a sudden you're broken, busted, and disgusted. It's a matter of you're carrying all of this on you. And everywhere you go, it's a weight. But when you choose to forgive and you sow that seed of love all the time, 
Grace gets in there. Humility gets in there. Because it's not humility that says, God, I'm not worth your forgiveness. Oh, you're so much bigger than I am. Oh, I will never let you forgive me. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm wretched. That's not humility. That's stupid is what it is. What it is is pride. That's pride that bucks up against the seed of love and grace. Humility says, God, I missed it, and I'm sorry. Please help me change it, and I'm going to receive that love that you have for me. That's how grace gets into you. That's how you move forward. That's how you stay focused. That's how you keep your focus from shifting off of God and onto what you think is a mess up when all it is is a blip in the radar that God's fixed and corrected and it's done. You need to receive that. I need to receive that. I need to work on that. I need to grow in that because I am not by any means 100% of the way there. But I've recognized it. I've seen that it's an error that I have operated in in the past and I'm moving toward God. And in those moments that I mess up and Satan's over here going, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it, you should have responded sooner, you should have responded differently, you got mad, you freaked out. Even if I start to move, the second I say, no, I'm focused on God, that's done. It's a second, it's a split second decision that will change everything. If you have sickness in you and you don't know why, and you've prayed and you've believed for healing, ask if there's a deeper rooted thing. Because if you have headaches that won't go away and you've prayed over them, your wife or husband's prayed over them, you've sought the elders of the church to pray over them, and just it's not going away, check yourself. Because there could be a deeper rooted thing. Like for me, unforgiveness in my family that's run for generation after generation and has been spiritual strongholds and bondage for years and years. I chose to walk in that. And the second it was done, and I made the decision to have it be done, that stuff lifted off. And it may not be a one-time decision. Because I tell you what, people are people, and they may offend you again and probably will. And you need to stand firm. George told me that this week. We were talking back and forth about this. And here's the thing is that if you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and it talks what love is and how love bears up all, under all things, believes the best in all people at all times, is strong, does not break, does not waver, that's the sort of love that, oh, sorry, that we're to operate in. That's the sort of love that we have. Love forgives. Love believes the best all the time. And so when someone does something, if Becca does something that offends me, and I've chosen to forgive her, and we, we move forward, and it's great, and then 10 years later she offends me again, you know what? I need to make that same decision. It's a constant decision that we need to choose over and over and over again. 490 times, 491 times, 1,000 times, it doesn't matter. Always offer it. I forgive yeah, well, Becca, like, broke your cart. You know what? That's fine. I forgive her. Becca punched your face. That's fine. I forgive her. Becca did X, Y, Z. That's fine. I forgive her. I don't care because I'm going to sow that love and get that grace in there and let love do its work because it's perfect love that casts out all fear. And you know what fear is? A spiritual oppression. It's a stronghold that stems from unforgiveness at times. It's love that's going to get rid of that. It's grace that's going to get rid of that. It's forgiveness that's going to get rid of that. We need to allow ourselves to get that humble, to get to the place of, you know what? 
I may not want, my flesh may not want to do this. This may not be fun, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to end with, um, not with the notes on here, but as I said this week when I realized that this is something that I was dealing with, I was talking to George, and I was talking to Pastor Brian, and I was talking to Nicole, and when I realized that I had all this unforgiveness with this person in my life, I was like, you know what? I, they, both, they all told me to deal with it quickly. I'm like, I'm going to deal with this quickly. It's going to be great. And, oh, don't laugh. But I texted Pastor Brian and Nicole, and I'm like, okay, so I want to forgive this person. What do I do? How do I do this? What, like, what, what tangibly do I do? And stink, I love them, but man, sometimes. And Pastor Brian's response was, why do you feel like you need to forgive them? And that's about all I got for the first minute, because I'm like, I'll tell you why I need to forgive them. <laughs> and then, it's fun with you on the front row. But <laughs> then it kept going, and it's a crucified flesh doesn't have nerves to upset or irritate or frustrate. And that's what it is. We need to put our flesh down. We need to get to a point where it doesn't matter what someone does. It doesn't matter what I've done. All I operate by is knowing that the grace of God is going to lead me to triumph. It's going to lead me to a place where I have victory and I have love and I have forgiveness. It's going to lead me to only places that are good because God is always working on my behalf. We need to get to a place where it doesn't matter how many times someone does something. It doesn't matter how big it may look in this world. It doesn't matter what the offense may be. Your flesh needs to, my flesh needs to get to a point where it doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to love you regardless. It doesn't matter what you do. I, I'm going to offer you forgiveness. It doesn't matter. We're going to keep walking in love. It doesn't matter. My flesh is going to submit to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is love at all times, beyond all things, in all situations. The Spirit of God is always forgiveness. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray over this, unless you have anything else to close. So I, we're going to pray over this, and we are not going to let Satan come in here and steal this seed, because this is huge. We are going to choose to stay unified as a group. Before you bow your heads, look around the room, see who's in here. And in those moments, when it may come, Satan may come to try and steal this seed, look to see who's hearing this with you. If something happens to Jade and she doesn't want to forgive someone, she can call Amari and say, you know what, help me stand with this. If George doesn't want to forgive someone, he can turn around and say, Jeff, help me get through this. Deb can do that with Tara. We are a unit. And together, as a body, we are collectively going to choose to cut off Satan at the quick this week. He is not going to come in this week and steal stuff. He is not going to come in this week and destroy things because we will sow that love at all times. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. And we are excited to have such a family around us that we can be unified with under your truths and promises. God, today, reveal to us if we have unforgiveness in ourselves. Show us if there are people that we need to forgive. If we need to do it to their face, great. If we just need to do it in our hearts, great. But today, we will receive that forgiveness. Right now, we receive forgiveness for ourselves from you. For the times that we've missed it, the times that we have not operated as you've told us to, 
we receive your forgiveness and you say it's fine i love you let's move forward today as a family we are moving forward we are moving past this we are not the same as when we walked in this morning we are at a new place in the kingdom and because we're at a new place in the kingdom the old offenses that would have bothered our flesh will not bother our flesh. Satan, you will stop. Your plans are foiled. They are done. They are gone. They will not be carried out this week. By the power that is in the name of Jesus and as an ambassador that wields that power, Satan, you will have nothing this week. You will gain no ground. No territory will be yours. Instead, we as ambassadors in this kingdom, as children of God, we will claim new ground for the king of kings. We will take new territories. We will have new land and we will bring people into our fold through love rather than pride. God, help us to stay humble this week. Help us to walk in a grace that's bigger than what we've known before. Help us to seal this seed in our hearts and no thief will come and uproot it. No thief is allowed anywhere near these people in this place today. We love you and we're so thankful for you and we're excited for the things that you have for us. In your name, amen.